privileged and let me know when it gets racist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> privilege is wearing two hundred dollars sneakers when you've never had a job. Immediately, it's it's already there. And from my standpoint, this is yeah. obviously racist. This isn't like maybe racist. This is hard. This is eighties um, uh, welfare queen racist. Right. right? So so it, it's definitely racist already, but <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 racist because of intent not because of fact because i'm yeah. sure there's plenty of white kids who've oh no it, there's more it, right there's, no, it's, no, there's i know more, yeah. i know i know i'm excited for it actually yeah yeah privilege is wearing 200 never had a job privilege is wearing 300 beats headphones while living on public assistance privilege is having a smartphone with a data plan which you receive no bill for the obama phone right um privilege is living in public subsidized housing where you don't have a water bill where rising property taxes and rent to energy costs have absolutely no effect on the amount of food you could put on your table Privilege is the ability to go march against and protest against anything that triggers you without worrying about calling out of work and the consequences that accompany such behavior. And this is actually my least favorite part. I hated all of this. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure listeners are like, it's like hurting your ears. But, um, and I, when I read this to somebody at church, they were like crying. Uh, privilege is having as many children as you want regardless of your employment status and being able to send them off to daycare or school you don't pay for it. i'm like having children is a human right like you can't even have kids without somebody saying oh you got it. you have too many kids um privilege of sending your kids to school early for the for the before school programs and breakfast and then keeping them there for the after school program all that no cost to you um, paid for by the people who do have to deal with rising taxes and costs. You know, us so-called privileged, the ones who pay while you take, take, take. My heart is beating just reading this. And it's giving me PTSD also because of like the ramifications of my reaction to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, this isn't just racist. This is like racist racism that we're, we're that we that is like behind us. You know, I, I don't think, I think our, our country has a, a lot of work to do, but there are some stuff that we've put behind us. Like, we don't, there's some stuff, like, we don't, <laughs> some uh, stuff. I'd, I'd like to see that list. I'd like to see that list. Like, well, if we were to take the racist test, we would get, like, a 10, but that's 10 points, bro. <laughs> Anti-lynching law just went into effect this year, by the way. Oh right. Literally hanging somebody from a tree. <laughs> oh, just, man. Just, just, became, just became a federal offense <laughs> in 2022. Right. 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 But I, and I saw this as like, I, I would America. hope that at least this is behind yes. us. Like, this is so obviously racist to me. Like, I saw this as, as like, you know, the, the Nazi thing, the Nazi salute, the, 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 the wearing a, a pointy white hat. Like, this is so racist, right? This isn't like, nuanced racism yeah um and i can appreciate nuanced racism though <laughs> like because this thought and effort that goes into it yeah just... and and like and this it's the kind of thing where um i i saw it and i was like there's no way that i can't comment on this right and i was yeah. mind you this is i was on on two and a half write-ups at this point in my job. <laughs> <Two> and <laughs> and uh because there was one that they did it wasn't official they were like they just you got you got a stern talking to yeah they were like bro like <laughs> Um, but, um, I was like, my comment was like, this is super racist. Like, and it's old school. Like, yo, like what the heck? Um, and this is some girl that like, she lives on the shore. I have nothing to do with her. I haven't seen her in like 15 years. So I, I've known her from, from before, 
from when I was a kid. Um, and she's like, I'm not a racist. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. This and that, whatever. And I'm like, whatever. The next week I get called in again. And they're like, yo, you uh, called some pastor a racist. And they what? wrote an email. And what? And I was like, what? They're like, she's a pastor. She's ordained by the church she attends. Her title <laughs> is like Reverend something. And I'm like, oh my God, what the heck? And I'm like, well, that doesn't change anything. I still said what I said. Right. Right. But um, it, it almost like it added like a, an extra like officialness to, to uh. what, what had happened. And I thought I was done. They were like, you know what? Um, you're not fired. Um, and I was like, okay. Um, and... Did a small I just, piece of you wish you were, though? <sighs> That's a really good question. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Friends with yeah. the heavy hitters. Um, no, I'm asking, like, you know. Nah, for real, no. I'm, I'm listening to the story, man. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And I'm breaking it down to where in the very beginning of all this, right, you wanted to be a leader, right? Mm -hmm. You wanted to do, uh, you wanted to be music in the church, this and that. Six, six, and notes. You got it, right? <laughs> And then the way you were being treated at the church made you like want to give up your entire life's dream, bro. My identity, yeah. your identity. I built you. When I left the church I grew up in, I I I thought of it as almost a name change. Uh, like I went by Ariel. I went by Ariel everywhere I went. Like before the job. Oh, this is a perfect like example. Before this job. That at the mega church, I was working at this office in the city where um, some of the, my coworkers were church people. So I was at Yale at work, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Yale yeah. nine to five, and then I was at Yale at church, and then I was at Yale at home. My wife called me at Yale. I was at Yale everywhere I went. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to this church, new friends, new church, new community, new, I was Carlos. And um, Carlos is, I, I remember thinking, like, I'm just going to stop putting Ariel on anything. My name is Carlos. It's just easier. This is what the doctor calls me when I go to the doctor. <laughs> right, you know, like right. it's my it's my my legal name, my whatever. Um, you know, this is my name. And I thought of it as Ariel is gone. You know, Carlos is born. And in this new place where Carlos was born, I I couldn't I couldn't be Ariel at all. <laughs> Even though the name text that said Carlos, you still Ariel. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, like I was Ariel at home. Being Ariel at the new spot. Mm -hmm. And they you know, unfortunately, broke that down. Bro. There was actually a, a running joke between me and, and one of the few um, Spanish-speaking people where they found out that I was Ariel. Like, my wife would say, Ariel, come over here. Like, oh, she calls you Ariel? And they're like, oh, I'm Hispanic. We do that, too. So they would jokingly call me Ariel at church sometimes. And, like, the, <laughs> the, 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 the subtle nuance on that is that it was a joke of you being who you were. A little bit. I mean, I, I, I didn't take offense to it, but I knew that it was like that was another I'm person. To now. I took offense to that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I thought it was like as a term of endearment. It's like we're calling you what your mom calls you. you right, 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 um, right. But like, I knew also that it's like that's another person. This is an, this is this is my work self, who is also the church self, who is also the, you know, like it, it was it was all wrapped in the same thing because part of part of the the church at least the churches that i've attended is community is really important and they want you to like make friends in the church and make it like your your support mm -hmm. network you know mm -hmm. like well, my, my wife she had a an ectopic pregnancy it's basically a miscarriage mm -hmm. and um like the people that we ran to and we cried with were church people you know yeah and um that's something that like i look back and you know carlos was was I was Carlos everywhere, everywhere with everything, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and um, 
Carlos was the one who got written up. <laughs> yeah, no, which leads me to that question again, man. Like in in your heart of hearts, like if would you have been more comfortable with them firing you at that point? So I was looking for work. <laughs> I was looking for another place to work around that time, mm -hmm. and I was applying kind of passively. I wasn't like actively looking for another job, but I I also saw it like I wanted to. I wanted my I was essentially reporting to the to the highest leadership already at that point. And if I wanted to grow in my career, I knew I needed to work somewhere else. But I didn't think I was gonna, ever going to leave the church. I was like, I'm probably going to stop working here one day. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I was sometimes going back and forth before all of this was going on. I remember going back and forth. I was like, Do I want to make this lifelong career? Do I want to become a pastor someday? Do I want to do this? Um, but um, when when I saw everything that's been going on, I was like, I don't think I could do this forever. But, um, you know, I'm still a Christian. I still love the Lord. I still want to keep going here. I love this church. Um, and when I when I got rid of that last time, I uh, I saw like a mercy and I was like, you know, they're being they're being cool with me right now. And, and I could be fired. I did break the rule. Um, but whatever, it's all good. This is late, I think, late August. And right around the same time. And again, this is not one of these things looking back and I'm like, yo, that was so ignorant. Right around the same time, I, I started working on what would become the largest project I had ever worked on with anything uh, at, at any job I've ever had. And it was redesigning this, the website for this church. Mm -hmm. um, so church websites, at least the ones that are like fully developed, it's like you're hosting video of all the sermons. You have um, forms for people to fill out for different events. You have tons of information that people need access to. Like it's it's almost like, like a government website. There's like a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> like um, when I was redesigning this, this website, um, it involved everyone on staff. I, I had already interfaced with everyone on staff at this point. I'm I'm just generally like a personable person, but like this job, th this task forced me to do that, and I really like it. it there's like a hundred people on this staff. This is this is a true mega church. Um, I interfaced with everyone on staff. They um the 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 website is huge. Um, I, it took me like months to design. I work with, uh, with our, our IT department with like the development side and, um, and I'm, I'm still really, I still have it in my portfolio. So um, something I'm really proud of that I, that I'd worked on mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the, the dates kept getting extended on like how long it took because the, the project was just that big. And, and I was, we were done right around, we were aiming to finish by like around Thanksgiving. We ended up finishing around Christmas. Um, by Christmas, we were a peak pandemic. I don't know if you remember that was the first big wave. Mm -hmm. There was there was the initial one, but this was like the first one after that summer. They were like, "Oh snap, is this going to be forever? Like, what's going on?" Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. a big wave. A lot of people were, and and you couldn't social, you couldn't do things outside. It was really hard to socially distance because if you did anything, it was indoors because it was too cold. So it was, it was tough. Like, it was, I feel like the country was like, it was a depressive time, and um. I remember when we had when we had just finished the the project, we had one of those Zoom calls with like an all staff Zoom call, and the the senior pastor was like, "Hey, I want to surprise you guys with this thing," and he showed this picture. He like shared a screen of something that he got one of the designers to work on, like behind my back, and it was my face. No, it was it was nice. Mm. <laughs> His face, Reg's face, like what did he do? Mm. No, no, they put, they photoshopped my face onto like almost like a Justice League, and then they put it on Time Magazine. It said Team of the Year. And so I was like ripped. I, I was like Aquaman. <laughs> and so like it was my face and the other people who worked on the website with me and we were the Justice League and they, you know, I was essentially like, you know, employee of the quarter. And yeah. I was like, oh snap, like, 
you know, that was that was nice. And three days later, I was fired. <laughs> and no just as sudden way. as this as the story turns, it was like, um, I and and thinking back, like I know what was going on. Like Trump had just, like just got COVID, <laughs> yes. and and I think I posted like Instagram story like laughing. <laughs> And that, I think that's what it was. I think I remember you posted that. <laughs> um. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> it was yeah. funny. Um, I mean, it, there was there was just a lot of there was too many funny things going on around that time. Um, yeah. But I was I felt so like dejected by it because um, everyone was posting this kind of stuff, including people on staff. Like, yeah. so, so do it, you think that, that they held off? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Bro, three days later, after launch day, <laughs> oh, man. and 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 the position that I had is one of those that it would probably have to go through HR and then meeting uh, after meeting of Are we going to fire this guy? Yeah. So they probably mm-hmm. decided, started to, they probably started the decision process on launch day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yo, and you want to um, talk about getting fired on a Friday, bro? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I remember when I got written up that last time with with that racist thing. Um, they were like, you know, you, the condition is you can't have any political conversation with anybody, and you can't post anything political on on social media. And I'm like, yo, I could post like, um, good morning, and someone's gonna politicize it. Like, it's everything was political. I mean, it's still true, but. This was like a hyper political time. Like you couldn't say wear your mask without somebody be like, "Oh, we have a a, a leftist here um, mm-hmm. working at the church. Perhaps mm-hmm. you need to fire this guy." You know, like everything. It like nothing was safe. So I looked. I remember looking back at all my posts that they got that, that I got fired. I was like freaking out. I remember looking back at all my posts. I'm like, "What was it? What did it? Mm-hmm. It could have been any of these things, because all of it was was." Had a, a twist, a, a little mm-hmm. political seasoning on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if there, if you see it that way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, and I'm like, and why now? Like, what, why why in the middle of the pandemic, a week before Christmas? An eight, I had an eight-week oh newborn. Oh, my God, bro. My daughter had just been born, right? She was born um, October 13th. Oh, so, man. she was eight weeks old. And so, I got a newborn. I got I had a one-year-old. I had um, Christmas coming around. Like I had just bought a bunch of presents. I was broke, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I was like, "Why right now?" I'm like, "Dang!" Like, "Wow!" Um, and the, and then like the job market was like impossible. It was like it was hard to find anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I was so like stressed out. It, I had like a panic attack. Like I saw the email like late at night, and I woke up like I had never been fired before. I've never Wait, been in this position. They fired you over email. It was like um, we have a meeting scheduled with you. Bring your laptop. Uh, yeah, got <laughs> oh it. Oh my god! Yeah, they sent the Turk, yo. Like, yeah, they sent. It was the like that. Uh, what was that? That's like so, um, it, like when you get cut from a football team. Like bring your laptop. Oh uh, yeah, they sent a guy <laughs> to your coach room. Coach want to talk to you. They, they yeah, yeah. Doing, like they yeah. sent an email on me. It was like bring your laptop. Oh, it was like bring your laptop and bring any keys to any buildings that you oh. have. Uh-huh. And I was and so I knew. And um, I remember that night, I, I I was like freaking out. I was like crying. I my wife. It was like two in the morning. I woke my wife up, and I was like, and which you I never do. Email at two in the morning, bro. No, that's that's when I read it. <laughs> Who oh, knows yeah, when they said it? Should have just dropped everything off on the lawn and then. Oh man, that meeting. I'll tell you how that meeting went, but um, I'll get to that. But I remember, but um, I remember being like. Is this a panic attack? Like, what's going on with me right now? I had never felt the way that I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've, you know, it felt like being kicked out of your circle of friends and being fired and being disowned and whatever, all at the same time. Um, Cause you know, the reality is I wasn't going to attend this. Show. I was already not attending for like a while, but I was certainly not going to continue being involved in the church in any way. Imagine the staffer who got fired, continuing to attend a church. Like that made, that wasn't going to make any sense. My wife actually brought it up as an option. She said, can we still go here? I'm like, no, we're not going to go right, to the church. Right, I'm right, fired. Right, right. No, right. <laughs> um, and it was like all at once. And, um, like I'm, I still got like PTSD. Like think about it. Like my voice is getting shaky thinking about it. But um, I was so like, I, f- I was freaking out all night. I couldn't sleep. I stayed up all night thinking about what what, what had gone down. And um, and I, the, as soon as I saw the email, I went on LinkedIn and started looking for jobs. I was like, <laughs> and that like frenzy for looking a job didn't stop for like weeks. Just yeah. like sending out resumes and the whole deal. I was I was yeah. freaking out for real. And the next morning, I, I go into the meeting and I wore a Black Lives Matter shirt <laughs> and like um, camo pants yep. <laughs> and like Air Force I Ones, like, dark colored Black. Air Force Black. Ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have I wasn't going to do the Stan Smiths. Not today. No, 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 the, no, 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 no. We got to go Air deep Force in the closet. We got to exactly. go to the 90s in the closet. Yeah, yeah. Early 2000 closet. And I got to be Swayze. I got those. I got those high top Air Force ones with the straps on them. Oh man, <laughs> this is the most POC shoes I could find. Some mountain gears, like mountain <laughs> gears, lugs. Um, and, you know, and this is another thing. Like looking back at the past couple of years, like um, I had um, attended a high school that was really culturally diverse, whatever, um, and they made it a point to make it exactly 25% black people, 25% white people, 25% Hispanic, and 25% other, which basically meant Asians. Um, (laughs) um, And so they called it the boohoo sheet, B-W-H-O, are you black, white, Hispanic, or other? Um, So I grew up in this really culturally diverse high school. Uh, This is McNair Academic in Jersey City. Yeah. And then then when I attended Berkeley, in Boston, which is at the time famously the most famous, the most diverse art school in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, I was around a mix of people everywhere. Jersey City, I think, is like the fourth most diverse city in the country or mm-hmm. second or third or something. It's single digits. And so diversity is like, I, you know, I grew up around all kinds of people. You and every country just walking down Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this was the widest experience of my life these five years. Um, I remember getting fist bumped and be like, why am I getting fist bumped? <laughs> it's like, cause you know, you're the person of color and I'm a white guy and I'm fist bumping you and I'm shaking yeah. that other guy's hand. Um, I remember like mm. people commenting on my sneakers so much. They made it a thing. I remember like my birthday card, my employee birthday card was like a big you know, Jordan one Chicago, red and white and black. <laughs> cause I was a sneaker guy and I'm like, you know, everybody wears sneakers, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was a sneaker guy because you know, I'm a person of color. And, and also, I, I was the only person on staff who lived in Jersey City. So I would commute into, I, I haven't said the name of the church this whole time. I've been, I've tried to be careful. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I would commute into Morris County. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so my commute was, was close. Yeah, my, my, my commute was an hour long sometimes. And so I was the guy coming from Jersey City with, with, with the sneakers and the fitteds. Um, and, you know, I stood out like a sore thumb. And on top of that, I was like a loud leftist 
and would occasionally get written up for <laughs> talking about Black Lives Matter. You so, rebel um, you. was that you rebel you? <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, the, my coloredness wasn't as like I didn't it didn't stand out to me as much ever in my life until then. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, I, 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 the, the spectrum that I lived on in, in terms of my mind was that much more prominent. Like I, I knew where my place was and I knew where I stood because of the, the contrast. And it's something that like being, you know, working in a white, a predominantly white um, uh, work environment, just like, just further painted the picture for me. Um, I remember like they would have, the, they have like a warehouse in the on the bottom floor. And after um, working hours, the, the the people working there, whatever, would be blasting country music. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's like this, again, the whitest experience of my life. I'd never been around this many white people, and and I and I suddenly learned that um, you know not everything you say is safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Suddenly, going back to to 2020, I'm fired, and I was like, I'm never going to church again. I'm I'm not going nowhere. And I remember I wrote myself what, like, I guess looking back is I know is journaling, but I would like write these like personal manifestos for myself, for me to read to myself about like where I am, and and I would just be like, um, you know, brewing or, or you know, just rereading it to myself and editing it for myself to just kind of like place myself, and then I would look back you know months later and say, am I still there? Mm-hmm. And I was just so like angry and and depressed and anxious about you know finding a job and like um i it was the the most stress that i had ever gone through um emotionally you know and this is coming for somebody like in college i was literally homeless like i was like sleeping in snowy basements mm-hmm. um and what this was snowy basement, <laughs> <laughs> I, what is I, st- snowy basement? I, I rented this place that was illegal it wasn't properly insulated and i would uh-huh. wake up and covering snow sometimes yeah because <laughs> it was cheap <laughs> yeah um and you know like this like and even like i look back at that and this was more emotionally uh stressful for me than that mm-hmm. um and and it affected me you know this was already i guess now a year ago uh, about a year and a half ago and and i still have like issues i still have like i look back and i'm like yo what why did this happen you know like i i always thought that living a life for the lord for for service for you know you know other people um would would be what kept me safe or whatever you know and there was so many things about working there that um as soon as i i i came out of it um i was so heavily indoctrinated in what we were doing that they just felt normal to me this is a a really funny example they had this one sermon series. They would change their like topical series every month. There's one sermon series called Homeless Church. And it's already sounding cringy. Um, but the, <laughs> I, I did the graphic design for that series. And it was a dude holding a cardboard thing that written with a marker. It said Homeless Church. And he was, you know, he's dirty and homeless. Homeless dude. Yeah. And um, they occasionally the church would do these like big splashy like um, CNN moments. Mm-hmm. Where and for this one, they had what they called the sleep out. Um, people would sign up, pay um, so like a, an entrance fee. The money was used for like you know um, shelters or whatever, mm-hmm. and people slept outside. 
um, for you know, in solidarity to to get an idea of what it's like to be homeless. Mm-hmm. And when you describe it like that, it just sounds so positive. Like, oh, that's I guess that's kind of dope. But I remember explaining this to uh, my cousin who's a social worker, and she was like, "What the f?" Right, she was like, right. wh- "What? Why are they doing that?" Right. She's like, "It's a mockery. It's all these white people sleeping in their in their multi million dollar uh, parking lot in front of their mega church." Mm-hmm. It's it's in a really nice neighborhood. You're not gonna get yeah. shot. It's no crackheads. It's none of that. Right. Like right. it's this is not doing what you think it's doing. And you know, me being in it, I, I didn't see it that way. And I was like, no, you know, we're trying to blah blah blah. It's not what you say it is. It's not like that. Um, but looking back now, I'm like, yo, of course it was. Like that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of stuff was like everywhere. Um, we had this um this missionary, I don't even like saying we, the church has this, this thing, this relationship with Rwanda with like, um, you know, sending missionaries to like build wells. Yeah. And the, the way that they would engineer it was actually really interesting. They would build the well in the middle of the, of the square of whatever village. And they would tell the townspeople, Hey, this is happening because of our relationship with your pastor. So you can thank your pastor. And then people will be like, oh, snap. Jesus loves me. There's a mm-hmm. church here. The pastor, mm-hmm. you know, is is cool peoples. How can I help further? We suddenly have access to water. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. now I see it as like this is like a really backhanded way of, of evangelizing. And can't you just be the love of Jesus and say, This is because we love you and walk away? Right. Why does it have to be like, oh, by the way, you should go to church? And you should change your 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 life, and you should move away from the religion that you that, that you've that you've um, practiced for thousands of years. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's colonialism in, in this weird sort of way. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't see it that way when I was there, and it's not until this first time in my life that I'm like not really connected to a church at all that um, I can even say that like. I, I, the anxiety was 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 so bad at first that me and my wife we immediately started like attending whatever church we could find. Um, I'm saying we, but it was really me. Like I, you know, growing up within church, I I never I never had times where I didn't attend attend church until 2020. And at the time, I would say, oh, I'm not attending church because it, it's pandemic and I don't like online church. Um, but the reality was, that I was like, just my faith was dissolving. You know, my yeah. my the, my relationship with with the church and with God and with the Bible was the, the bonds were, were being released. And, um, it was scary for me. And because it's so connected to my identity, um, I, we jumped into the first church we could find and we're still kind of like attending there sometimes. And, um, I'm at a place right now where I don't even know if, if I can in good faith, like in good faith does that even does that term even apply right. you know be like uh call myself a christian or 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 say that i'm a 100 percent believer you know um and it sounds like i just got bitter because i got fired or whatever but the reality is that it was it was a, a time that it essentially opened up my mind to what life outside of the church even looks like all of the stuff that we engineered as a staff to make church more attractive, I see it. It's like that's just marketing and yeah. advertising, and um, you know, 
dealing with people because they're people. Um, you know, there's nothing more hypnotic than singing something, whether you believe it to be true or not. It, it'll start becoming true if you sing it enough times. And um, it's hard to disconnect um, a movement of of your spirit and um, uh, an indoctrination of your brain. It's hard to, to separate them when the methods that are used to indoctrinate Christians are so effective just mentally, you know. Um, read this book a couple more times. It dig, it, what they say is dig into the word, you know. Mm -hmm. um, connect with more people. Attend weekly whatever things. Like, obviously, I mean, it works for Scientology. Like, why, would, <laughs> why, why wouldn't it work for Christianity? Yeah, and right. why? And how could anybody say that, like, this is happening because God is good and because, um, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is, is moving and whatever? How could you how could you know that it's not because you're using the same methods that every other cult or whatever uses? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I, I would say that if if my faith was 100% solid and and I would and I would I was a believer, I would still be able to say like this is blind faith. You know, like I believe because I believe. Um, but it's really hard for me to see it any other way, um, or or for me to see it other than what it is when you've worked in it and when you've been behind the scenes and when you mm -hmm. know how it all works. Yeah. Um, and I've never, I've never been here. Um, and this is where, where that post came about that inspired this, this, this conversation at all. Jamal reached out and was like, yo, let's talk. Um, yeah. where I was like, this has led for me, like the real, the real consequences for me were like, I lost my job. I have, I'm diagnosed with depression and anxiety and whatever. And, um, it's it's um an identity crisis basically like who am i if not a christian um, so so let me ask you so with that experience at the mega church has that skewed your vision of the construct that is church in general hmm. and how those operate even in the, even you know going back to your original church that you attended with your family mm, the grassroots right right yeah um it's tough for me because i i can't see the and this is maybe it's a lack of maturity thing for me maybe it's uh, an ignorant thing for me but i can't see the world any other way like i i can't view um an undocumented person and say you know, go back home. Like I, there's, there's nothing in me that can lead for me to think that way. And when I know that there's Christians that are that are raising the faith, that claim to be um, uh, directed by the Holy Spirit in their decision making, move this way. I'm like, what the heck is this Holy Spirit doing that's making you vote like this? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <clears throat> if it's the Holy Spirit making you vote like this, then I want nothing to do with it. Right. You know, and um, the <laughs> the liberal Christians will say, you know, um, but Jesus himself, you know, he's he's a he's a Middle Eastern uh, refugee. He was um, uh, persecuted. He was a brown person. He um, he he lived in a colony of a European um, uh, empire. You know, um, like all the above. Like, how do you think Jesus? How do you think Jesus would vote? And then the the best answer, the 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 Christian that. That has been going to the church the longest and went to and got the degree in pastoral ministry and whatever. The the most educated answer will be, but Jesus is above all that, and he's Jesus is purple. Jesus is is mm -hmm. not. He doesn't mix with that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, you I see, I, I, exactly. It's so unsatisfying. You know what it is? And, and as somebody who is politically moderate, essentially, at the end of the day, you're really presented with really two choices, right? It's either liberal or conservative. And I think it is whatever issue that you're truly passionate about that puts you, that leaves you in a position and forces you to accept everything else, right? So if you are a Christian or religious or however you see it, and you feel strongly about abortion or, you know, anti-abortion, then a lot of the other things that come with being conservative, you just kind of have to accept because mm-hmm. that's the issue you're passionate about. If you're passionate about gun gun laws, I was going to say gun control, but gun laws, right? And if you're pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment, you know, you you may forego some of the other things that you're less passionate on on the conservative side because you're really passionate about guns. You know what I mean? So I think the fact that we're really only given two real true options kind of places people in one of two baskets. And I think that's unfair because, mm-hmm. you know, to your point, there are some things that you look at and you're like, wow, like as a human being, I don't understand how somebody can make the other decision. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's really about what your true passion is and what your passion is about. Mm-hmm. I get passionate about any given um, policy or, or whatever. And, um, and I have a hard time seeing it any other way. And, and, and I know that that's, that's something I need to work on. Um, but then what ha- what ends up happening is I see um, people that I've respected my whole life, people that I have seen as, as spiritual mentors, um, and you know people that that I've that I respected um, that I always believed were motivated by the 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 joy and the goodness and the and the beauty that is the Holy Spirit, voting in ways that are just disgusting. And I'm like, how how could a person that is supposedly led by the teachings of christ make these decisions like that and i'm Mm -hmm. like how um and then that's where the the questioning comes into play and then that's where it's like the the inevitable human agnosticism um creeps in and says like is any of this real is any of this whatever and you know i'm reminded again of 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 all the work that we did to to indoctrinate people Mm-hmm. And um, and just how effective it it, it is, um, you know. I'm 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 in in advertising now. You know, we do a lot of um, what they call uh, decision fluency, where we 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 can engineer what are what people are looking at, why they're looking at it, why they make mm-hmm. purchasing decisions, the whole shebang. And it a lot of it, a lot of it rhymes with church. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a lot of it yeah. works in a lot of the same ways. Mm. You know, if if we could have people singing a jingle over and over again, you're never gonna forget it. And when it's time to pick a gum, you're gonna pick the one that you remember. That you busting a rhyme to. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, wh- how could I possibly say that the church isn't doing the same thing? And you know, and and still hold on to these beliefs that are held by people that I look at with ill. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know? man, like, you know, when it comes to a lot to a lot of it, right? 
um, a lot of people kind of put it like black and white, right? If mm-hmm. you're Christian, you know, you should be against abortion. You should be against like, you know, gays and their marriage and all this and that, like so on and so forth, right? Even politically, right? It, it makes it really hard to live in a gray area, right? But I mean, like I found my lane and that's where I'm at, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? As far as Christianity is concerned, like I'm as gray as can be. <laughs> like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like uh, when it comes to abortion, do I think like it should happen? Like, I think every baby should have a chance, yo. Yeah? But what about that woman that got raped? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and things of that, and things of that nature, right? So like you tend to bend to that. And like, you said, no, no, she shouldn't have this guy that forced, forced herself on him to to have this kid or whatever have I feel like there's a gray area in everything, man. Like, um, like I said, I am Christian. What I find the most about when it comes to Jesus Christ, like even he got mad, he flipped tables, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to not be perfect. Like, you know yeah. I mean? like I can't be. There's no way, shape, or form that I could be um, you know, a conservative. That's just not my lane. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to religion, like that's Republicans are heavily conservative. And when you talk about like their religious beliefs, like they're on it, like, you know, like abortion, no, like, you know, mm. all this down the third, but I'm, I'm so in the middle with it and I'm comfortable in my skin when it comes to that and being a Christian, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, politically, like black lives do matter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that like Jesus would have been on that same kind of wave, like, but that's my interpretation because of the lane that I'm in. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think that honestly, Carl Adia, like the thing about it, <laughs> <laughs> you know like I know exactly where you're at, man. Because there was a point in time, bro, where I was, I wasn't having it. Like you know what I mean? I would go to church, and I was like, yo, man, he just putting the money in their pocket, bro. Mm. Like I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not beat for it. Or they would do things like you're talking about, as far as like pay to lay and, and and be home. Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, that's like a slap in the face. Don't go to Rwanda and build a well in the square because you're trying to push your religious agenda, man. Mm-hmm. Do it because you want to do it. Like, you feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I was in that same kind of way. But, um, you know, I, I was in a really dark place at one point. And then I turned to the Bible. And to me, I feel as though that's the only book that you can read and I can read you too. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? And, um, you know, they say dig in the word, but I dig in the word for me, not for nobody else. Yeah. And the church I, I, I go to right now, it is online currently. And it's just like, I had to pick and choose my battles. It'd be a couple of churches I went to, man, where that the, the lead of that church was not speaking my language. Mm. And I was able to dissect that. You know what I mean? Um, it's going to be trial and error, bro. You know, as one believer to another, um, you know. I wouldn't necessarily say kick it all the way just yet. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, this is the opportunity to keep the can down the road, bro. So we're preparing to um, baptize our daughter, mm-hmm. right, um, in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, you know, my wife and I discussed prior to having children is how we wanted to raise our children from a religious yeah. standpoint. And me not subscribing to religion um, you know, I told her whatever she wanted to do was fine with me. Mm. Um, and as they got older, they can make their own decisions, so on and so forth. But they be baptized in the Catholic Church. So now that we are approaching uh, baptism, you know, they have all these prerequisites you have to have. Like you have to watch these videos and do these yeah, quizzes yeah, yeah, and all yeah, this, yeah. this stuff, which in my mind is just 
I don't want to say crazy town. That's not what you want to be. That's not what you want to be. It's a little crazy mm-hmm. town to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, that, that was our plan, right? And I'm watching the video, and they're, you know, they, they're, they're, talk, they're talking about how the baptism or being baptized in the water is a rebirth. And I'm like, my baby was just born. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why does she need to be reborn already? Like, what mm-hmm. sins does she have uh, at, at ten months that you know that need to be washed away? So, and, so this this is a, this is a perfect example. Like, uh, let me despiritualize it for you. Right, uh, right, right, right. Get a, forget about all the the invisible stuff and think right. about what's actually happening. Uh, what's right. actually happening is you're telling your community, you're telling the village that it takes to raise a child. You're telling them, "This is my child. Let's do this together." Um, we have this person who's respecting the community, I guess a priest or whatever, who's endorsing this this ceremony. And what you're saying is we officially this declare this baby a person. Uh-huh. Right. Baptism and all of the sacraments technically in Catholicism are all name changing ceremonies, all of them. Yeah. Marriage, yeah, my, baptism, my priesthood. Name is Joseph. Confirmation, all of they're all name changing <laughs> ceremonies. When you're baptized, you have a new name, whatever. And I think that it comes from like this ancient tradition of like we don't even know if you're going to survive these first couple of weeks. You might actually <laughs> die, you know, uh-huh. but we are declaring that we're trying with this one and we're not going to kick them off a cliff like a Spartan. Mm-hmm. And um, let's do this together as a community. Join me in this ceremony of love to declare that we're giving this one a name. We're naming this one. You know what I mean? Um, and that's beautiful. But no. as soon and as soon as you despiritualize, you're not a Christian. Yeah, right. But but, right. but then the thing is, is that like you know, in watching this video, and I guess the 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 priest or whomever, you know, he he's describing or you know making the claim that if you are not baptized, then you can't get into heaven. Mm-hmm. That, that's why they do it so early. That's, that's why and Protestants yeah. do it later. Yeah, right. And so in my mind, Catholicism, you're born with sin, according to Catholicism. Yeah. No, well, so I, I, Protestantism sin. technically preaches the same thing, but right. they they won't say that it's like hellbound sin, right? Right. <laughs> oh, there's or, levels, or or purgatory level sin, or whatever. There's no there's no level to sin according yeah. to Christianity. It's all right? Right. The, the wages it's of all, all sin is death, same, according to the Bible. It's all the same. Whether yeah. you kill or you steal, you, the same thing. Yeah. yeah, but in the process of watching this, I'm like, so you mean to tell me? All the people in the world, all the people who do some of the greatest deeds and right. worship other right. beings, gods, the universe, mm-hmm. they have no chance to get into heaven because they were not baptized in the Catholic religion, in the church. And all these people are going to hell no matter how much good they do. As a Christian, I feel like that's bull. Yeah, I mean, that the, there's there's also a big divide with, with Christianity mm-hmm. and then there's divides within the divides, you know. I have two questions, and I think we could probably close it out from here. Mm. So, with all that said, I guess the latter part of it, do you believe in heaven? I don't know. I can't answer that question. You know, I, when I look back at my, um, at experiences that I truly believed were spiritually, um, or spiritual occurrences, I don't know if I can say, that I wasn't being hypnotized by mm-hmm. the song that we sang 20 times. I don't know. Especially I don't know. Music guy too, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I have a degree in music, you know, like we have this thing called learning by rote when you're a music education major where you, you, could, you could teach somebody anything if you sing enough times with them and they'll never forget it. 
um, and you, you would teach us, it's a literal teaching method. You just repeat it back and forth with the person. And I don't know if my faith was, was developed by rote. I don't know if, if it was music therapy happening. I don't know if um, when I read the Bible a hundred thousand times, if I was being indoctrinated because this is how the brain works, or if what was going on in, in my heart, in my soul was the Holy Spirit, if it was Jesus, if it was the Holy, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't possibly know because my brain is so wired this way, you know, and this is why I'm going to therapy. You know, I want to be able to um, take this stuff apart and, and, you know, just really just learn about what's going on inside of me and, and be able to identify, you know, what's going on in there. Because, so Reg, so, yeah. so, so, so since you're, I guess, somebody who's, I guess, I want to say born again or recently refound religion, do you believe in heaven? This is this is what I believe. I do believe that I I, I can't say I'm I think I'm on the same page as Ariel. Where I just don't know. Like you know what I mean, mm -hmm. what I do believe is that I feel as though I'm an extension of of Jesus here on earth, just trying to do right by everybody else. And you know what I mean? And I feel as though that's that's my calling. It was my calling before I even got back into religion. It was just to be a conduit of just being a good person, right? Conduit um, of love. Conduit of love, man. Like 100%. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, just doing my best to live the way he did. Yeah. Um, not by any means am I perfect. I'm very much flawed. Mm. And I accept that. Um, but like, you know, I, I just believe in my interpretation of Christian ideology. Yeah. I mean, I already know the answer, but I'll go ahead and ask you though, though. <laughs> Do you believe that there's a heaven? No, I don't believe in um, heaven or hell. Um, I, I believe that, I mean, I honestly believe that I am a God and we all are gods. Mm -hmm. um, just because it's... Your last name, not Fernandez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you think about it, you know, he says it's we're made in God's image. Um, God is able to create. These are all things that we're able to do, you know, like to go out there to be able to create and shape our own reality. So I do believe that makes me a God of my own um, world, the universe, my own reality. Um, but yeah, I don't believe in in heaven or hell. I just believe, you know, our, our spirit passes through time and space and it might end up somewhere else once we're no longer here in the physical form i guess yeah yeah so i guess this is more of a carlos reg question but if there is a heaven do you think that you can get there without jesus meaning do you have to believe in jesus to get to heaven if there is a heaven um, can i get on that first yeah yeah i feel as though like you know he was the blueprint for me that's 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 the blueprint for me seeing as how he did it you know what i mean so in order for me to uh get there if there is a there is to walk in the same kind of footsteps you know what i'm saying so that's that's so sorry i'm sorry to cut you off no no you're good you're good yeah so yeah we just discussed that like there's no way that we can fathom that you'd need to be Christian to get into heaven. Right. Yet we believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Who himself said, there's no other way but through me. 
Right. Right. But then again, if you if you because there's the Quran, right? And then there's there's like you know Buddhism, and they're so linear, bro, mm. with the way that they walk the earth. You feel what I'm saying? It just so happens I'm Christian, right? Whereas the next guy is Buddhist and he might walk the way Buddha did, you know what I mean? Or or uh, 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 how, you know, the, the Muslim faith walks the way uh, Muhammad did, right? As a prophet, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, the name of the game is to be a good person. Mm-hmm. It's just to be, you know, and, and I think a lot of the disconnect that I experienced and what, what Carlos is going now is that we didn't just put our faith in like how we were moving out here, just being a good person. We put our faith in somebody in the church mm. that skewed it, that, you know, you know, had, that, that sprinkled their own agenda into, you know, what Christianity, Christianity is supposed to be. Well, the, the, the issue for me is like Christianity has taught me that being a good person is a pretty it's a pretty confined way of, of, of living your life and you know like there's there's people who make it their mission their every day their everything whatever to to ensure that um our country's government is as white as possible mm-hmm. and they truly believe that this is the way that the world needs to be run and they're doing something good for them this is what being a good person looks like and it's relative and um and exactly so i'm just like that's scary i'm like if yeah. if christianity is leading people to do this like maybe christianity is wrong as hell maybe maybe they're all wrong you know oh hold on real quick i, I gotta ask carlos one last question okay so cool they call you at your new job oh i'm carlos i'm still okay, carlos right, that's still my government right. name well that's the podcast like follow subscribe wherever you get your podcast rate us from us all that good stuff don't forget to share. share.